0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover
3: the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosen.
1: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast.
5: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR.
7: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
6: What up? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Brandon Whedon's going to join us. We got uh, kind of an Oklahoma State party, though, coming up, huh? My boy, Brandon Whedon, will join us. We'll talk Cowboy football as they are down to their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh string. I want to start with this uh, regarding Tua Tungavailoa. You know, I, I, w- I went back and I was, I'm a little fried on the coverage, right? I'm a, I'm a little fried. I'm waiting, just like all the rest of you. It's like, you know, at some point, they're like, well, today could be the day. Like, all right. I mean, how many times have I turned on CNN and they say, you know, new poll results coming? I likened it to, have you ever been by a store like this? When I was in uh, Connecticut, I lived in a town called Canton. There's an Ethan Allen on, uh, on, the, um, on the turnpike. It's 202, uh, it was 202.44. It's just a big street, basically. And for the six years I lived in Canton, there was a sale sign out in front of the Ethan Allen. Like every day. And at first you're like, man, we got to go in there. They're having a sale. And then a month later, you're like, they're still having a sale. Six months later, they're still having a sale. And then it kind of wears off. Same thing with like CNN. But it it's fascinating nonetheless, nonetheless, to sit here and go, hmm, this is really, really interesting. I, I, I love the big boards. I love uh, John King who got the night off last night, got a little shut-eye, and he's back. He's pressing his magic board as you speak. His fill-in was really good as well. Just, I don't know that guy's name. He's not John King. He's the next John King. But at some point, you're like, I got to do something else. So I went and I watched the Dolphins game, which was replayed on one of my channels. I don't know if NFL Network, whatever. I'm watching it. And here's the best analogy that I can make, Okay. Anytime you've watched a prospect play in basketball, and I've done this for a long time. You know, my dad was a college coach turned AU coach. As a college player turned pro player turned analyst, you're not going to play a great game every time, especially when you're really young and it's your first game, right? There's a certain caution. Let's just kind of get through it. Let's get it out of the way. But generally, every time you see somebody who's special play, there's something they do that's special, right? There's a wow play. And having taken up golf at an older age, like when I was in college, I started to play a little bit of golf. And after college, I played some golf. The, the golfing analogy is, is one that I think is appropriate. Um, I played tennis when I was a kid, and I'm kind of back playing tennis now. That analogy works. If, if you played, or if you bowled before, like when you're a fairly athletic dude, and you're like, "Man, why is this so hard for me to just bowl?" Right? These 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 guys with mustaches are are uh, are and and big pot bellies are bowling 250 and 300 at the drop of a hat. Here I am, a pretty but. There's that one or two times in which you roll it, it spins right, it hits, everything falls down, and you're like, yeah, I meant to do that. Then you do it again, and you start to realize, like, you know, I have a little athletic ability. Golf is the same thing. You know, you'll go and you take a golf lesson, and you work through changing your swing, and you go out on the golf course, and it's worse, bad, 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 then all of a sudden, you you remember all the thoughts that your golf coach, or your swing coach put in your head. And for one second, you relax and you just hit the ball. Like, whoosh, you don't even feel it hit the club. Do You know what I'm talking about? You know, there's that one wow. There's a if you suck at golf or even if you're good at golf, there's that one moment that brings you back to the course. And And prospects are the same thing. Players are the same thing. Like, you're not going to be consistent when it's your first pro game. But there should be a wow play. I watched the Dolphins play. I have nothing against Tua Tungavailoa. I did not see one play where I was like, wow. You know? And granted, the the wow plays Lamar makes, I wish he could be as solid as at times, you know, Tua and some of these. Like, there's just the the basics of moving the st- sticks when you're on third and seven or more like he's doesn't have that but with lamar there's almost always a wow play like man and it might not even be one that you gain yards it may be he's 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage he makes two or three people miss and he just gets back to the line of scrimmage not taking a 10 yard sack do you know what i'm talking about wow plays here's brian flores head coach of the miami dolphins talking about Tua's future with the team
3: well there's you know a couple of things out there let's call it a source close to dolphins thinking is saying that we're, we're auditioning Tua. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you about my thinking. We, we brought Tua here because we believe in him. We believe in developing
2: players and the improvement of players on a daily basis. That would be the opposite of giving somebody a 10-game audition.
6: Right. We're not giving an audition. He's our quarterback of the future, right? And matter of fact, he's our quarterback of right now, and it, it's a long process. They're all in on Tua, and I, I'm not disputing that. I'm not sitting here telling you that they shouldn't be all in on Tua. Right? By all accounts, they tanked last year, and one of the reasons they tanked was they had a very high grade on Tuatunga-Vailoa and what he potentially could be. And if we're reasonable, even with the week to prepare, you still have Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive lineman in the league. With the week to prepare, you're still dealing with the fact that you can't actually come into the building for a substantial amount of time. All practice time has been cut because of COVID. And then everyone thinks with a week off, you just show up to practice every day and you can grind through some things. That's not actually how a bye bye, bye week, by rule, you can't come back into the building. And then he's left-handed. You got to figure that out. Everybody's got to figure out it's a little bit different. And he hasn't played before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But. But. You know, even bad movies or average movies, you know, you'll have some spectacular actors who, for one scene, you'll be like, wow, he really killed that scene. He really killed that scene. And we just didn't see that. And a, a win is a win. We shouldn't take it away from him. Just get him coming back playing off of a hip injury that others had had to retire uh, because of early earlier in life like th- that that's nothing to bat an eye at that's big stuff like I'm not questioning his toughness I'm not questioning his comeback I'm not questioning his personality none of that all I'm saying is like you know if a guy's worth tanking over you would think there's a play or two to where you're like you see you see and what's interesting about it is, I am not by any by any estimation a professional football scout. Daniel Jeremiah was for a living, and he still does it for the NFL Network. We were thinking the same thing when he joined me yesterday.
7: There was no moment when you can allow yourself to get excited if you were a uh, uh, if
1: you were a Dolphin fan. There was no Instagram moment in that game.
6: Yeah, it just wasn't anything there. There, right? Does that make sense? It's like you know, anybody can have a bad game. It's like. You know, guys have a bad at bat. You're like, man, that was a bad at bat. Like, eh, actually, you know, that third, that, that, the third pitch, the one you fouled off, that was a good looking swing. You know, you missed a foul ball by like five feet. You're way out ahead of it. But your head, your hands, your body, your hips, your turn, everything was good. You know, in basketball, you watch, you're like, yeah, you know, you didn't make, make that shot, but look at the way in which he moves. He separates himself. Look at the speed and quickness or look at the, the release or the, yeah, it went in and out, but that doesn't matter. It might not be a highlight because it didn't go in, but if you watch it, like he, there's something there. A lot of people watch too. And we all walked away with the same, with different levels of football IQ. I would not put mine in. Anywhere near that of Daniel Jeremiah, former quarterback, who's been an NFL scout, and now works in the media. I, I would tell you, though, that my opinion is is one that he shares, which is it just wasn't anything there. Which is fine. You can still you can still win in the NFL if you're just fine. But so far, we've seen Herbert and there's been some wow moments so far. We've seen Burrow and there's been some wow moments. One week in, and there isn't the wow moment as of yet.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
6: J.J. Watt has a cap hit next year of $17.5 million. That, that's the second highest on the team to Laramie Tunstall. And, and he's played every game this season, but he's missed at least eight games in three of the last four years. Like, look, there's a lot of things that have brought down Bill O'Brien and, and held back the Houston Texans to winning more in the playoffs. Can we all agree on that? You know, Deshaun got hurt his rookie year. Laramie Tunstall's gotten hurt. Um even uh Will Fuller of course they were thinking about trading like the Will Fuller story is he's kind of always hurt when he's not hurt he's he used to open up the defense for open up the field for uh, DeAndre Hopkins you know they've had multiple injuries to their tight ends they've had injuries to the but like look injuries are part of the story but when you're a superstar you're Captain America you have a huge cap hit that you keep pushing kind of kicking down the road and you're you're helping make a coaching change cuz you didn't believe or you'd stop believing in Bill O'Brien's philosophy. It's hard to make the club on the tub, right? In the tub, right? It's hard to be a superstar when you don't play half the season. Now, in fairness, he's played all of this season. The problem is he's not the player he used to be. He He's good. He's fine. Like, But he was arguably the most – he was an MVP candidate. Right? They had him catching passes at a tight end, his old position, mostly for him to help, help him win the MVP. They didn't need him. They had other tight ends. You know, before, he, before Khalil Mack became Khalil Mack, he was the bridge between Von Miller, who was the best in the league, and Khalil Mack. Like, it was, it was Von Miller, and then it was J.J. Watt, and then it was Khalil Mack, right? And the only reason that he wasn't seen as being at that level for longer was he was always hurt. So what's, what, what we talk about a lot in Houston is the GM change. The coaching change. Um, And we'll see how much the front office, which does have Patriots ties, uh, how they feel about J.J. Watt in the future. But at some point, all of these guys, you get paid for past performance and you're not the same guy, they're going to move on from you. This is J.J. Watt talking about his future with the Texans. I don't think it's any secret that I don't have 10 years left in this league. Um, I, I personally believe that I do have a few a few more great ones left in me um, but you also can't you know I'm not I'm not looking to rebuild I'm looking to I'm looking to go after a championship and that's yeah he wants to go after a championship I, I understand um, but you're gonna have to go after a championship and take substantially less money right uh, that's every guy says I want to compete for a championship are you willing to do do whatever it takes yes are you willing to take substantially less money to do what it takes? How much less money? <laughs> right? He, he, he's just, he's not a second highest paid player on your team kind of guy anymore. You know, he's a, he's a reputation and leadership guy more than anything who can still play. And we talked about wow plays. J.J. Watt will still make a wow play every now and again. Yeah, the problem is he just can't be consistent. He can't be consistently dominant. You don't have to double team him every play and worry about where's J.J. Watt? Where's J.J. Watt? Where's J.J. Watt? Where's JJ Watt? I mean, think about it. There was a time in which they had Jadeveon Clowney, JJ Watt, and Whitney Merciless all in the same. Um, and they had, uh, what's his name as well from uh, New England who came before he, he shut it down? Vince Wilfork. Like, they put a lot of money in that defensive line. That was a good. The problem was, it could never be all, all be healthier ones.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon
5: Pacific.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: There's a lot I would like to get to with Mike Gundy. He's the head coach of uh, both of our alma mater of Oklahoma State, and they're coming off a loss at home to Texas in overtime. They're 4-1 and one on the season. Uh, remember, they had a Tulsa game postponed uh, they had the Baylor game postponed, but they beat West Virginia, they beat Tulsa, they beat Kansas, they beat Iowa State, and they lost 41-34 in overtime to Texas. And uh, Coach, thanks so much for taking time with us. I-, I know you're disappointed about the weekend, not in the team, but, you know, the turnovers and the other stuff. That How, how do you reconcile that you have a very good defense, um, a good team, yet turnovers really cost you Almost gave away the game against Texas?
8: yeah you know we it was it was crazy doug we had we had four plus a uh, rough in the punter which is really five and then gave up a kickoff return so uh, we we should have been blown out basically by having that many mistakes and and we looked at them on tape it's like anything else you know you you've been in enough uh, sports in your life you look at them you see what the issues are you come up with a plan to correct them you put that plan in place and you work it from that point moving forward so the first one we had, Spencer wasn't strong enough with the ball, okay? And, and him not being strong enough with the ball, that's something that can be corrected, and that's something that shouldn't happen. Um, the one before half, the guy strips him from behind. Um, you know, sometimes that happens. The one LD had, he spins off of a defender, turns around, the guy puts his helmet dead square on the ball. Yeah. Um, that's football the one interception that Spencer threw, he threw the outcut behind the receiver. And at that particular time, the Texas defender was in perfect position. He caught it. Um, so some of it was a little bit of a perfect storm. Um, but then you also have to give Texas credit. You know, on the, on the kick return, we had two guys that were right there to, to tackle him that were unblocked. And he made a miss and he went and scored a touchdown. So you can't just say it's all us, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, you got to give them some credit too. But, uh, but certainly wish that we would have uh if we just cut him in half <laughs> if we just had the, those mistakes cut in half we'd have been in good shape fourth. but we've had good practice this week we move forward and keep
6: on rolling uh you mentioned the roughing the punter It was on a fourth and 22 is it a, is right it, is it guys just trying to make a play is it something you guys saw on tape that you're trying to take advantage of because because you know when you watch it on tv you're like well just sit back and be conservative they're gonna they're giving you the football take, take me through what what actually takes place
8: yeah, you know, it's it's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It's interesting that, you know, people, the first thing people will say outside is it's 4th and 22. Um, you're actually better going after a block on a 4th and, and more than um, 6 yards because if you get a running into the kit the punter, it's a 5-yard penalty. They still have to punt. Sure. A lot of people think, well, if it's, it's different if it's 4th and short. you got to be careful about going after a punt on 4th and in less than 5. One, you could jump off sides. Two, you're going to get the 5-yard penalty and give them the first down. So their punter could have very well been um, um, the MVP of that game. Um, he punted the ball. I think his average was 49 yards, and he downed us inside the 15 yard line several times. When you down a team inside the 15 yard on the percentages of going 85 yards go go way down to score points. Much less if you know if you're you're playing with um, you know we're playing with three <clears throat> new linemen in the second half based on. Um, We lost our left tackle on the interception on the play, last play of the first half. So um, he had downed us so many times inside the 15. We said, we at least need to try to put some pressure on him, disrupt him a little bit, because if he continues to down us inside the 15 and 10-yard line, it's really difficult to score. So that's why that decision was made. Um, The young man that actually got the penalty was falling. He tripped and was falling, and he fell, and his shoulder pad hit the foot of the the, uh, punter. And, um, you know, by rule, you can get that penalty called against you. So that's how that uh, took place.
6: Mike Gundy, head coach of Oklahoma State, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, You have some incredible talent on offense that gets a lot of the attention, but the defense, I think, has surprised many who haven't paid attention to what you've been building. And you've also done it kind of uniquely – with Oklahoma kids, right? Like the everyone thinks that. I mean, one of the reasons last weekend's game is so big is Texas and recruiting in the state of Texas. And it's not that you don't recruit Texas, but your defense is not only special, and Jim Knowles been able to have a complex scheme. But of a lot of Oklahoma kids, um, was was that meant to be, or did that just happen that way?
8: Um, a few years ago, um, we we started doing some research on players on our team and the success that we're having from those players. And we realized that uh, the percentage, because we don't take as many Oklahoma players, uh, because there's only there's only going to be like five or six players in the state of Oklahoma that are going to get offers from major universities. And, um, you know, we fight our ass off, but it's tough. Oklahoma's going to get some of those guys. So the point being is, we started doing research on other players that we were taking that were closer in proximity to, um, to our campus, and the production per capita that we were getting from them was really, really, really high. And so, unfortunately, in Oklahoma, our hands are tied a little bit with, with education and funding. Facilities across the board are, are pretty average. Um, pay scale for coaches, teachers, so on and so forth is pretty average. So the, the training that these guys are getting or not getting is what I'm going to compared to other states where they're getting full-time strength coaches, athletic periods, things like that. <clears throat> so we found that there's more there with the Oklahoma kids. We started taking more players than we did in my first um, 10 years here that we thought that could help us. And those guys have come in and played really good. Jim Knowles is in year three. Jim is highly intelligent. Yeah. And you've been around enough coaches to know sometimes – if you're really, really smart, you can outcoach coach yourself. Um, and, and he's so smart that uh, sometimes he, he gets ahead of himself a little, but he's, he's very down-to-earth, and he, he looks at things and has made adjustments. And he's he stayed with the system he believes in, but he's made adjustments that we think that gives us the best chance in this league based on the personnel we have. And he's really made changes, and the players have kind of bought into it. So, And we also allotted three more scholarships four years ago to the defensive side of the ball. We sure. took them away from offense, put them on the defensive side of the ball to try to find a way to increase our ability to perform better on the defensive side.
6: You mentioned that your stats show you that per capita you're getting more production of Oklahoma kids. Kids are closer in proximity. Um, uh-huh. what, what's your hypothesis? Why do you think that is?
8: I, you know, I, I think that uh, most people are just more comfortable if they're near um, where they grew up and where they're from. I, I got, it's not I,
6: 100%. I, 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 got a, I got a thought. I got a thought. I mean, Go one, ahead. one of the things about going, and obviously both you and I haven't played there, like it's a special place. Uh, but it's also kind of, there's a little underdog mentality, and you kind of feel like... You know, like, look. If you're getting, if you're getting him, and he's from Oklahoma, that probably means that either Texas didn't offer or wasn't as strong in terms of how they came in in their offer. And so there's a little kind of chip on your shoulder, us against the world. You really are playing for your school. Whereas sometimes you get to schools where you're, you know, you're recruiting the five stars, and the five stars. That's just a, in their mind, that's just a, a way station for them to get to the pros. Is there, is there a possibility that's it's a, kind of about the grit that you? Uh, unintentionally maybe recruit because guys are a little bit passed over and it's kind of the mentality of Oklahoma State?
8: Well, the well, first thing is we don't have anybody on our roster that Texas offered. Okay, so what you're saying is, is accurate. There is some truth there. It's a, Oklahoma State's a different place. We have to find the right fit here. Um, this I mean, is a community of 50,000 people. The young men that come to school here, they want to get an education. They want to be a part of the team. They're serious about um, what they're wanting to accomplish. Uh, and so those are the type of players that we have to go yeah, I mean, have to I like, after, no, in my opinion yeah, anyway, Doug. No, no, no. Listen,
6: You yeah,
8: somebody else might come in here and feel like, hey, we do it differently. We go recruit all over the country. That's just not what we've done here, and we've we've gotten a little bit better at it. And, yeah. and the guys here, they do feel that way. They, they, That's exactly the way they feel, and that's the way I want them to feel.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, like, listen, I'm, I just, I mean, obviously I come from California, but I remember, like, Kansas didn't offer me. You know they and and mm-hmm. Kansas had always had they they were offered Paul Pierce who was a big guy and they'd always had like Adonis Jordan's from out here they'd had California kids all the time and especially point guards and I was like and I every time we played Kansas I was pissed off right I just, I had okay. you know and I had friends on the team so there there is there there is a lot uh, to that um I, I want to ask you about a couple of your your stars let me start with Tylen Wallace because with Shuba and of course with Spencer. You got quarterback gets a ton of attention in Chuba because he led the country in rushing last year. Tylen Wallace got hurt last year and I'm just an elite wide receiver. I, I I gotta think it feels like he's better after the knee injury. Like hit what is that is that is that just me watching on T V or is there any accuracy to that?
8: He's really good and, and what he's done, Doug, is he's he's gotten over the mental block of I could potentially get hurt because you know in sports particularly football you can't play the game unless you're playing recklessly and full speed you cannot play the game concerned about being injured and and uh in the the, in the latter part of the spring in the latter part of the spring and um and in early camp he was a he was a little tentative in that way which is normal i've never had a major injury and come back from it but he got over that, and he's playing now. He's back to having fun, and that's the way you have to play the game. And he's going to be a, a, a really good pro player because he not only has the skill, but he's a good young man. He's a great person. He's unselfish. Um, he's got a great work ethic, and he's really humble and quiet.
6: Chuba obviously had a great year. Um, didn't get the feedback he wanted, wanted to come back and compete for Oklahoma State. It felt like early in the year that he was – Kind of the same thing you're talking about, Tylen. I don't know if he wasn't, if he wasn't comfortable, if he was being used, felt like differently or whatever. I know obviously the quarterback changes because Spencer got hurt. That that changes a lot of how you have to play and and his importance. But it felt like a couple of games ago the light switch went on. What have your conversations been like with your star running back?
8: I, I think what you're saying is real accurate. There were some concerns. See. These young, these players live in a different world because of um, the, they carry a computer in their hand all the time. They're, they're 24-7 on social media, which is not productive and good for them. Um, they're getting feedback from, from um, agents, representatives, family, people telling them a lot of different things. They don't know what to grasp onto. They get confused. And you then have people that are talking to them that are talking about millions of dollars, Well, that doesn't make any sense to them based on the value and what you actually have to do to get that accomplished. And they get confused at times. Now, I'm not sure that that happened with Chuba, but I do think that he got distracted by all the different people talking to him. And then I know after the first couple games of the year that he, he has told people in the organization, you know what, I'm just going back to what I do. I'm just gonna go back to playing football. I'm not worried about any of this other stuff. I think he cut off a lot of things. I think he got off a lot of social media and things. I'm not on it, so I don't know, but I think he just came to the conclusion, look, I need to play football. This is my ticket. Forget everything else. And I think that since then, Doug, he's got a little bit of peace of mind. You know, that that's what we all have to have in life, right? We have to have a peace of mind that everything's gonna be okay. Just let me do what I enjoy doing. I think that's the direction he went.
6: Um, How do you, having played the position and played it well, coached it for so long and had so many different guys, Spencer Sanders is a unique talent, right? He can do it with his legs, he can do his arm. Uh, I mean, he's a pretty tough kid as well. He's obviously suffered through a couple of injuries. But how do you balance out the risk-reward? Because he he makes some plays that no one else in your roster can make. On the other hand, at at some point, even though it's his second year, the turnovers – I mean, as anybody who studies football knows, the more you turn the football over, the less likely you are to win. How do you reconcile that?
8: He's in game either 9 or 10 of his career. He's been around here forever. He redshirted. He was here last year, got hurt. He's here this year, got hurt back. He's he's in game 10. The comparison is Sam Ellinger is in game 39. Uh When we played Sam early in his career, he made a lot of mistakes. In fact, he threw a ball right to our guy in the end zone, Uh, two years or three years ago down there. You remember that in overtime? And that's the progression that has to happen with a quarterback. We saw it some with Brock Purdy from Iowa State who played as a freshman and played really good and then last year had some games he didn't play as good as he would have wanted to just based on his production. And in in, in my history, that comes from – playing the game over and over and over and over and over and over and so we teach we coach we show him we correct it we move forward but it's just so important to gain those valuable reps and games of experience I,
6: I know there's a lot that's gone on in the program you've had the reality show you got all the expectations but have you have you stopped it And like this is this was my thought turning when i turned the game off and you lost last saturday I was like, somebody realized that Oklahoma State has is a program where the expectations were to win that game, that you felt like you were the better team and that you made the mistakes, right? Like, there's Is there any moment for perspective on exactly where your program is as opposed to where it was back when you took it over?
8: Well, it is for me. That's my job. And so... Um, of course, you know, I go home, and I got I got an 18-year at home yeah. that knows football in and out. I got a 16-year at home he knows football in and out. So they start battering me as soon as I walk in. Why this? Why this? What this? What this? And I said, most of what you're saying is true. Um, but I said, here's what I want you to know. is We played a pretty talented team, arguably year in and year out, Doug. Um, the Big 12, Texas is going to be... Um, the most talented team right. based on somebody's opinion right. through um, recruiting services and so on and so forth. And um, they went in with a really sound, um, experienced quarterback that's made a million plays. Um, we went in with a somewhat of a rookie and turned the ball over five times and gave up a kick return. And we were still in overtime and barely lost. And then – what what really got me with what you're talking about was I'm walking out to the field and with all due respect I'm good but Texas was celebrating like it was a national championship so when I went home I thought you know because you've been in enough games you know you never forget those games no you just you wake up in the middle of the night going I can't believe that we decided to go after the punt I can't believe that we decided to run the fake and blah 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 but I also have to be have to see the big picture and know you know what Oklahoma state football has come a long way and for me for the players I'm going to coach here and then eventually somebody'll decide hey he's not a good coach we'll get rid of him um, when that happens I'm I know that we have left this way the hell from where we started this and that does make me proud for the organization
6: um there there was a lot of talk that because of your loss now the Big 12 has eliminated itself from the college football playoff. I, I find that interesting because, oh, okay, uh, I feel like almost especially when you're playing all these conference games with all these schedules, most everybody's going to lose a game. Clemson or or, uh, or Notre Dame is going to lose this weekend. It's it's going to happen inevitably. Um, how does that How does that sit with you? That because a Big 12 team lost one game somehow the big 12 champion has eliminated itself from playoff contention.
8: Oh, you know, uh, you know, if you just look at things logically and realistically, uh, you know, I don't really look at a lot of that because with COVID with, um, injuries, we're seeing more injuries this year than ever, because I don't think teams were in as good a condition to start the year. In fact, I know they weren't, um, the virus can pop up anywhere. Anything can happen. Um, I don't know if, if that's easy to predict, but if you look at things logically, somebody might say, hey, based on what's going on, because this, there's so much parity in this league this year, we could just knock each other off. Um, you would have a hard time um, winning a debate in that argument. But I know this, that um, with what all is going on with the virus and the different things with injuries and stuff, that um, anything can happen at any time. And um, because of the parity in this league – Uh, each week, for the most part, most of the teams in this league can beat each other, that it's really important as a head coach that you keep your players focused on only today's practice and then tomorrow, tomorrow, and don't worry about yesterday, yesterday. And then just keep rolling because it's it's a year that anything can happen and you hope you just kind of pop up in the end. But for us, Doug, here's what we talk about. we got to win the Big 12 championship. If we don't win the Big 12 championship, it's extremely difficult for us to get in the big one. I mean, it's just difficult. I mean, the percentage, I don't know what they are. So we talk about winning a Big 12 championship, and then if we accomplish that, hopefully we put ourselves in some boat that we can get across the pond to the other one.
6: Coach, I wish you nothing but uh, success, and uh, can't wait to see you in person. Um, I, I apologize for only joining you after a loss so far, so we'll have to do it next time after a win. But sometimes you learn more about a team as you do, not just not only you learn about your team from a loss, but we learn more because of what you've learned. So I I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us.
8: You bet. I hope your family's doing well. You guys take care. I'll I'll look forward to being on with you again. Have a good
6: one. All right, Coach. That's Mike Gundy, head coach, good friend, and an even better coach. Join us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: There's an article written by Pete Thamel. Okay, Pete, um, he covers college sports and has done so for a long time. But he wrote this and says, uh, Buzz is filtering through NFL front offices that Jim Harbaugh is open to return to the league. That brings into focus the fascinating question of whether an NFL franchise would be tempted by the duality of, uh, of Harbaugh's NFL tenure, a track record of winning that came with significant headaches. Quote, I just don't hear his name out there anywhere. I'd be surprised if it happens. Quote, if Jim Harbaugh is available, and he's willing to coach in the NFL, I'm 100% positive there will be a market for him. That's Dante Whitner, a former 49er safety user analyst with NBC Sports in the Bay Area. Do I think that it's it's, uh, a little bit harder and that college football has a lot of annoyances and that he'd consider it? Sure. Do I think you also want to get out in front of it? Because at some point, if you keep not beating Ohio State or you lose to Michigan State, that, that they're going to want to move on, you're going to move on? Absolutely. I also know that Jim Harbaugh is a super competitive dude. He loves his school and he wants to see it work. And with a first-year starting quarterback who many people think could be his best quarterback at Michigan, my guess would be that it wouldn't be this year. He would give it another shot next year when it's a real year and go all in on the last year of his contract and see where the chips were going to fall. But let's talk big picture about it. Okay. Let's talk big picture about it. We we hold Michigan up to being on the level of Ohio state. They, They should be on the level of Ohio state 17 of the last 18 years. I believe the number is Ohio state has beat Michigan. Okay. That's through like four or five different coaches at, at Michigan four, right? Sorry, Lloyd Carr, um, Rich Rod, to Brady Hoke, to Jim Harbaugh, so they all had a hand in it. And the the easiest example, and I use this kind of with Mike Gundy, where here's what, and I'm like the I believe I'm the greatest alumni fan. You can I support, love the players, the coaches. Do I question things? Of course. But you lose the game, like fire that guy, cut that kid, like dude. There's a lot that goes into it. But here's why I'm the greatest alumni fan broadcaster there is because I have perspective. Oklahoma State for a long time had no facilities, and they had very little history. And they they've somehow been able to dig up that like 70 years ago or 80 years ago they won a national championship. By claimed one, we got one. They won one, like, big 12 title ever, and I believe they split it. Okay, so you win, like, one big 12 title, and one conference title does not a program make. And what I said to to Mike Gundy earlier, and he agreed with is like, sometimes you got to have the perspective. Oklahoma State should have beaten Texas. They were the better team. And it's not a fluke that they've been the better team. They haven't recruited as big name players, but they've made them into better players and had better teams. They were better than Texas. They didn't win the game, but they were a better football team. And considering how all in Texas is and like, whether you like Tom Herman or don't like Tom Herman, nobody seems to like Tom Herman. What's that about? whatever it is, like Tom Herman's a pretty accomplished guy going back to his days at Ohio state. And he has loaded Texas up with players and they do have a three-year star, four-year starter at quarterback. Like, there's a lot of things they have going for it. And so the perspective is Oklahoma State went from one of the worst programs with worst facilities in the league competing against Texas, who has one of the biggest budgets, unbelievable facilities. They can get anybody they want in the state of Texas to be the better football team. That's a big thing. The same thing should you should think of with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh. They were a joke, dude. They were a joke. When Rich Rod got there, and look, Rich Rod, he tried to run the three-three-five. It 5 didn't work in the Big Ten. You know, I think all of this, had they gotten different quarterback play, it, it might have been different. Rich Rodriguez in the Hard Edge podcast said this about Jim Harbaugh. I don't think Michigan has a coach problem. It's not a coach problem. It's different than that. We felt like there were some battles within we couldn't have to battle. You got enough to work with the dude to do the battle with the people outside who are trying to beat you every day in recruiting and the games and all that kind of stuff. So the administration, everybody within should be, coach, what do you need to have to succeed? What do you need to win? But instead it was, boy, this is not a Michigan tradition. Now, some of that is Rich Rodriguez, right? Lloyd Carr didn't like him. They didn't like each other. And it was, everything was a fight. I do think it's a little easier in terms of getting kids in school and administrative support, whatever with Harbaugh there. And Rich Rod is, is using his own personal experiences, but, but at Ohio state, Gene Smith operates with one focus. How can I make it easier for my head for Ryan day? And before that for urban Meyer, how can I do my best to run my uh, run my program and make allow them to be successful. You know, go out there and win football games. With Michigan, there's a lot of other stuff going on. We'd like to win football games. We want to stay true to our virtues. There's a little Notre Dame to them. Right? Notre Dame has has virtue. You may not believe it. I believe they do. Michigan has virtue. It doesn't mean that that Ohio State is virtue is virtue less right that they're without it but it's in a little bit different places and once you become that school that you go to and you can win a national championship and play in the nfl and get fast-tracked once you become that school that's a that's a reputation that is really really hard to get away from
0: protect your dream home with
3: american family insurance